alien spacecraft did not crash in Roswell, New Mexico in 1947. You know flat earthers, I guarantee it. But you don't know who they are because they're afraid of talking about it. Hello and welcome to the 65th annual Subliminal Deception Podcast, your weekly dose of conspiracy theory bullshit. My name is Cody and I'm joined by my pal Phil. How are you? Doing good, buddy. How about yourself? Not doing too bad. Uh, We're in the midst of humidity weather, so I've been draining sweat like it's no one's business. Do you have to wear gloves at work? Yes, I do. Um, I have a pretty dirty job with a lot of chemicals, so I wear <laughs> gloves most of the day. Uh, yeah, so I do as well. I wear latex gloves, and it's gotten so... You ever get it? Like, it's so bad now, I take the gloves off, and my hands are soaking wet, and the gloves are soaking wet from the humidity and sweat. Yeah, I get that. So I'm actually pretty lucky. We deal with a lot of parts that need air conditioning, so I actually have air conditioning in my uh, workspace. But I do get to the point where my hands get sweaty and then I can't put on a new pair of gloves because of all the moisture on my hands. Yeah, I gotta hate that shit. But anyway, Phil, I wanted to talk to you about something that I was watching last night that you and maybe the audience would find interesting. Uh, apparently it just came out, okay? So it's on Amazon Prime. It's called like... I, it might be like alien abductee or alien something and abductee something another, right? Yeah. And it's about this man claims he's a doctor. I don't know if he actually is or not, but he's a Frenchman who claims he's had four separate uh, incidences with extraterrestrials, right? Okay. And he claims like listening to him talk, during it about his experiences first off is pretty fucking wild but now uh he he claims that the aliens have ge- given him the Nostradamus astrology prediction guide or something like that so he can predict future events huh and, yeah it's he claims he predicted 911 he predicted uh the fires in Australia he predicted uh, the coronavirus. That's how that's how fresh this documentary is. But uh, it's it's pretty wild. Does he have like proof of his predictions before these events happened? Yeah. Or is it one of those like post things where? No, he allegedly he has the predictions. Of course, you have to purchase his book or go to one of his classes to understand yeah. it. But essentially, he claims that what what Nostradamus was doing, uh, obviously we covered Nostradamus uh, a while ago, and essentially Nostradamus was reading the stars and then making predictions based off that, but he couldn't flat out tell you in his quatrains, is it quatrains, right? Yep. He couldn't flat out tell you in those because they would have killed him uh, during that time period if he did. That's according to this guy. Yeah, so basically what he's doing is he's making like a series of poems that could be construed like you could read it and think that it means anything. And then when something happens, he just points to it and be like, oh, see, I told you. No, no, no. See, he doesn't have to. He can flat out tell you. Oh, he's saying that Nostradamus had to make cryptic poems because if he flat out said the actual prediction, then the. He said, what did he say? The French Inquisition or something would have killed him or Italian Inquisition or whatever would have killed him immediately. Oh, so he's not saying the aliens will kill him. No, no, he no, was. No. OK, gotcha. I he, thought you meant I thought you meant to say that, like, the aliens were going to kill him if he, like, flat out told everyone his predictions beforehand. No, 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 no. He he said he he had to hide him so he didn't get executed. But this modern guy doesn't need to hide him because of freedom of speech and all of that. Hmm. So Well, it'd be it'd be nice if he would write a book like in the for the future ones and not just shit that's already happened. 
he he claims he's worried he's going to scare people. Oh. With his predictions. So With his predictions. And uh it it is kind of, one thing he said that was kind of interesting, right? He basically said uh we've talked about all the different types of uh alien species or whatever that we believe exist. Well, according to him, there's only two. There's the reptilians and there's he called them dr- Draconis, but it's basically the greys, right? Yeah. Um, and he says the greys are the good ones and the reptilians are the evil ones and they live on Pluto. And okay. Basically, the reptilians feed off people's negative energy while the greys are here to try to give everybody positive energy or something like that. Very interesting. Yeah, I'll have to catch up on that one. I've... uh. I've been watching a lot of uh, Netflix. Well, they have a series. It's it's from television on there, but it's season six of Alone, the one where they're up in the Arctic uh, surviving. It, okay, it's pretty is, pretty is interesting. That, is that kind of like uh, Naked and Afraid or what? Yeah, but they're wearing clothes, and they're <laughs> that takes all they're the just fun filming. Out of it. Yeah, I know they're just filming themselves, but they're completely alone, like out in the wilderness, and it's pretty interesting. How how do you think you would do in one of those? I would last about three days, I think, before I would just tap out, probably injure myself. That's probably what would happen is, like, a lot of those people don't tap out because they're hungry or sick. They tap out because they get injured. Yeah. So I think I would probably end up getting injured and being like, well, I'm either going to fucking bleed out and this shit's going to get infected or I'm going to call them to come pick me up, so... I, I was watching uh, Naked and Afraid maybe like last week or something, and they had these two people, and I think they were in Indonesia, right? Mm-hmm. Now, they both were surviving pretty good. The, they, they had picked an area where basically they could hunker down for the 21 days. They had water, they had fire, they had some food or whatever. But the the girl on there was getting upset because she wanted to make or she wanted to make the challenge harder or something like that. Like she wanted think, to explore and whatever else. I think I saw episode either I think I saw that one or I saw one similar where the dude was basically like conserving his energy. Like he would spend the hot days sitting in this like pool of water just relaxing and then he would do his shit at night. But the woman wanted to actually go out and do everything during the day when it was hot. And they had to end up coming and rescuing her because she was dying of exhaustion <laughs> oh. while he was just sitting in this pool, like chilling out. Well, well, the 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 main thing with the one I saw is she kept complaining that she was bored during a survival challenge. Like, yeah, <laughs> I, we're not. Let's put this out there. We're not trying to sound misogynist or nothing. It has nothing to do with that. It's just how these people reacted in the survival scenario. I feel I feel like in a survival scenario, you should be doing whatever you can to survive, not worrying about personal entertainment or anything like that. Yeah, I wonder, she might have just been dragging her, bur- like her bullshit from back home I, into this challenge. It could be. Uh, I watched one where they were, it was a guy and a girl, <clears throat> and they went to Alaska. This is on Naked and Afraid too, right? Yeah. And the girl on that, man... God damn, she was a badass. She was just like fucking tearing it up, carrying this guy and everything. It was just she fucking speared a porcupine and they ate it and just <laughs> I don't know. It's uh, I felt bad because it actually showed him like spearing this goddamn porcupine, but it was, uh, it was pretty neat. Yeah, on that alone uh, TV show, it actually showed um, this woman had snared like a rabbit and. Usually it pulls away when they kill, but I, for some reason, the rabbit, like, she has her little body cam on, and she's looking right at it as she snaps the thing's neck. Oh, Like, goddamn, and then it shows her, like, ripping the flesh off of the, the ripping the, the hide off of the flesh, and I was like, goddamn. Look, you're in a survival scenario, this is what you gotta do. That's true. Anyway, oh, one final thing before I get started here. Uh, I've... <laughs> Phil, if you want to experience that to an even more visceral level, watch the movies Cannibal Holocaust or any of the uh, 80s cannibal movies. They literally 
Cannibal Holocaust literally shows them killing animals, and then the other ones show animals killing each other, or some animals being killed, too. It's very, very hard to watch. Like those Old West movies where you actually see them, like, a horse getting shot from underneath that guy? Yeah, it's... Yeah. Yeah. I'm kind of glad we've done away with that. That's that's too much. Oh, yeah, we forgot to mention, before we get started and get into it, congratulations to uh, Jordan on oh, his uh, yes. new baby. Yes, yes Oliver uh, James Fox, his, his son, uh, was just born, what, a couple days ago on, like, the 17th or 18th? Uh, so, yeah, congratulations, Jordan and Amy. Jordan's obviously... My uh, one of my co-hosts on Bumblebutt podcast, the other podcast. Yep. Uh, we all I've, know I've him. I've met him. I've yep. met him once in my life. So cool, dude. Now yeah, a happy he's father. A cool guy. Now he's a happy dad. Anyway, let's get into this week's. Uh, I think this might actually be kind of a conspiracy. I don't really know. It's more of a head scratcher. Phil, how f- have you ever heard of the Georgia Guidestones? Yes. I have. I was about to talk about them, but I'll let you get into it. Really? Yep. Okay. Well, yeah, they're they're fascinating. I completely forgot they exist. I think I actually heard about them on Ancient Aliens. I think that's the first time I've ever heard of them. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, they're absolutely fascinating. Um, let me start off here. The Georgia Guidestones are a granite monument that was erected in Elbert County, Georgia in 1980. Now, what makes this particular monument so interesting to so many people is not only do they not know who the real person is uh, to have, pay- have paid for it to be in- been erected, but it also has a very weird cryptic message chiseled into it, okay? Now, I'm going to go through kind of the story of the stones before we get into what is actually written on it, which is of, uh, of most interest. Now the okay. guide now the guide stones are about 90 miles east of Atlanta, 45 miles from Athens, Georgia, and 9 miles north of the center of the city of Alberton. So basically, it's kind of in the middle of fucking nowhere in Georgia, okay? As far as I can tell, it's free to visit. Have you heard anything different? I think it is free to to like check it out. I've I've heard that it was free to visit also, but that was a few years ago when I uh, saw the stuff about it. So it's uh man, I I want to see this thing. That's all I know. I want to see this goddamn thing. I think it sounds so cool. But uh, I remember when I was in England visiting you, I really want to see Stonehenge. And then you were like, well, it's, it's like fucking hard to get to without a car and shit. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's hard to get there. Uh, well, you can drive there pretty easily, but when you get there, it's just a pile of rocks. But <laughs> it's it's history, damn it! It's history. I know it's not the, it's not really that special. But <laughs> yeah, but see, Phil, you have to experience it. We did end up going to Cardiff, which is not far from there. But really? the thing is, we took a train. So that's, that's what I'm saying. Like we looked into it, and it was like you took a train there, and then it was like. You can take a bus there, but then you're trapped there for like six hours. And yeah. it's like, yeah, no, that doesn't sound that great. That would have been a whole day added on to going to Cardiff and when we could have been doing cooler shit. We, we, it's okay. We saw that amazing, uh, Cardiff castle, the largest Welsh castle ever made, right? Oh yeah, that's, uh, that's what we did instead. Yeah. <laughs> the one story <laughs> castle. We walked around Cardiff instead. It was pretty cool. Anyway, now, in June of 1979, a man using the synonym Robert C. Christian approached the Elberton Granite Finishing Company on behalf of, quote, a small group of loyal Americans and paid to have this monument erected. Now, Robert Christensen, or no, I should say Robert Christian explained to Joe Fendley, who worked at Alberton Granite Finishing Company, that the structure would act as a compass, calendar, clock, and should be able to withstand any catastrophic world event. Now, apparently, Joe uh, Fendley tried to 
talk him out of this and even quoted him at a much, much higher price than he normally would have just to try to discourage him from actually paying to have this shit put up. But Christian said, doesn't matter. I'll do it. So I have a quick question. Yes. Would this be able to survive if the if the Georgia Bulldogs won the NCAA championship for football? Uh, I don't think so. This last year? I, I imagine. No, they didn't win it this last year. I imagine that there would be quite a bit of uh, graffiti on those stones with about the Georgia Bulldogs. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to think. Who's the coach there? I have no idea. I know Jake Fromm was their quarterback. Oh, oof. He's in, uh, he's in some hot water right now. Uh, yeah, he... I'm trying to think of the running back. I think he was the one everybody loved. I can't remember his name. Yeah, they they had a pretty decent season last year. But. Was it two years ago they were in the championship, or was that three years ago? Uh, they've been in the playoffs for the past few years. Them in Alabama. Yeah, it's always them and goddamn Alabama. And Clemson. Clemson. LSU won it last year. Oh, right, right. Why yeah, am I it was forgetting LSU. that? Yes. Yeah. Mr. Joe Burrow. Anyway. Davos Sweeney. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so basically, he tried to quote this guy for a much higher price, but uh, R.C. Christian said, I'll pay whatever you want because of this small group of loyal Americans uh, had been planning this entire project allegedly for over 20 years. I don't, what, do you believe that? What year did you say that they that he was trying to get this built? 79. 1979? Yep. Yeah, I'm trying to think who the wealthy people back then would have been who would want this built. Well, probably in the conspiracy theory section, I kind of talk about what okay. what group we believe this man belongs to. So. Could it possibly be Richard Nixon? <laughs> uh, it could be. Uh, you know what's <laughs> funny? Like with the current climate or like the current events that's going on right now in America, we're really learning how bad of a president Nixon was. Oh, yeah. The past four years, we constantly get reminded every time Trump does something stupid, they relate it back to what something that Nixon did. Yeah. Nixon, man. Jesus. I mean, if Eisenhower would have been such a beast, I don't know if Nixon would have gotten in there. No, I don't think so. But anyway, so R.C. Christian delivered a scale model of the Guidestones and 10 pages of specifications that he wanted. Now, the five-acre land was apparently purchased by Christian on October 1st, 1979 from farm owner Wayne Mullenix. I think it's Mullenix. Uh, and Mullenix and his children were given uh, lifetime permission for cattle grazing rights around the Guidestone area. So it sounds like he approached this Georgian farmer said, I just need this little plot of land for these guidestones. You can still have your cows meandering around. And the guy's like, fuck it. Why not? So yeah, uh, he he probably only needs like a small section just for the stones and doesn't give a fuck about the land around it. No, 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 no. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, from from the videos I watched, it seemed like that farmer was still alive. And he's he like you have like the Georgia guidestones and then maybe... I don't know, maybe a quarter mile away is this farmer's house, and he's just, like, chilling there. Doesn't even care. Must have paid him a lot of money, I'd assume. Yeah. Well, I mean, if it was rich people, he probably got screwed over in the end, but <laughs> no, I probably didn't Probably didn't give him all the money he should have gotten for it. I, I mean, I, I think they might have been rich people, but I don't think that it was anything nefarious because this dude was trying to just, like, Get these up uh, in secret almost. Oh, okay. I gotcha. You know so these mean? weren't just super wealthy people who wanted to build this. These were just normal people who were pitching in. Yeah, it's allegedly oh, okay. yeah. the the whoever this RC Christian is and these alleged 20 loyal Americans, whoever the fuck they are. Um, I don't know. They really wanted this to go up and we don't know why they wanted it to go up, but we're going to 
talk about the conspiracy surrounding it, but uh, the monument was unveiled finally on March 22nd, 1980 uh, to a group of apparently between 100 and 400 people. That's quite a gap of the amount of people that were there to witness the unveiling. Uh, you think you could kind of measure between 100 and 400. What do you think? Yeah, I imagine if 112 people showed up and they just kind of said, oh, there was anywhere from 100 to, oh, geez, I don't know, 400 people. You know, like yeah. one of those shit, like accounting tricks where they just like claim that maybe more people showed up. It could be any number. It could have been just the farmer and one of his fucking cows and they just said it was 400 people. 400 cattle were grazing in the background and they counted them all. <laughs> anyway... Uh, the monument is 19 feet, 3 inches tall, made from six granite slabs weighing 237,746 pounds. That is a lot of weight. Uh, yeah. <laughs> one slab stands in the center with four arranged around it. A capstone lays on the top of the five slabs, which are astronomically aligned Another, an additional stone tablet, which is set in the ground a short distance to the west of the structure, provides some notes on the history and purpose of the guidestones. Um, and obviously it makes sense that this structure has kind of garnered the nickname of the American Stonehenge, except for it has writing on it, right? Yeah. Does the uh, the stone that lies in the west, does that have, is it like an astronomical, like is, is its placement uh, supposed to be like set up for a certain, like the, uh, so Stonehenge is set up so that you can see like when the solstice, like the sun of yeah. the, the solstices. Yeah. And is it set up kind of like that, like similar? So I'm going to kind of go into that, but basically you have the main structure of the four tablets with a pillar kind of in the middle. And then there's a big slab on top that kind of, I think the one on top kind of just holds them in place. Mm -hmm. But the one to the West is simply like a, um, almost, almost like, okay, you go to a zoo, you go up to an animal's cage and they have the little plaque there describing about what you're looking at all the facts about the animal, that's what the thing to the West is. It's, oh, okay. it's essentially telling you about the structure that you're looking at, kind of like a yeah. guide or whatever. So it basically like the ones at the zoo where it tells you like where we captured this lion from and turned it into our fucking slave. <laughs> yeah, it says this sleeping lion here takes 14 pound dumps. It would say that on the guide or the stone their explanatory tablet that's what they call it i guess and uh and interns kelly and kevin go in there every morning to shovel that crap out <laughs> every time i've been to the zoo okay you go to like the big cat section they're just like regular cats they're always fucking sleeping yeah you ever notice that just kind of waiting around if they see anything that interests them they jump on it but yeah we just want to we want to see them like maul a gazelle or like take down a like, giraffe or something man we don't want to see a him sleeping. tourist yeah uh wouldn't that be something <laughs> just have a big cat playing with a tourist like it's a little uh cat toy that'd be something Pop, bopping it on the head <laughs> <laughs> okay now i'm gonna start off with the uh explanatory tablet so basically like i said it kind of identifies the structure and the different languages that are on the main structure itself. Um, it also lists various facts about the size, weight, and astronomical features of the stones, the dates they were installed, and the sponsors of the project. Um, it also speaks of a... This is really interesting here to me. It speaks of a time capsule that is buried underneath the guide stones. But they, but the explanatory stone itself doesn't have a date for it. Ha it has a date for when the time capsule was buried, but it hasn't. Um, it didn't say what's in it. It didn't say anything like that, and it doesn't say when you should open it either. So 
a lot of people aren't even really sure if there is actually a time capsule buried underneath the Guidestone. Have you heard of that Confederate statue that they just knocked down? And in the base of it was a small time capsule with like no. a newspaper and a bottle of whiskey in it and or an empty bottle with a note in it. Really? What did they release what the note said? I'm not exactly sure what the note said. I just know that the newspaper and the bottle were from the time when it was buried. Wow. That's crazy. Inside. Basically, it was inside of the base of the statue. What if, like, I mean, that's really cool, obviously, but what if with uh, them, you know, dismantling all these statues and stuff, what if, like, a real-life national treasure happened? Like, Nicolas Cage appeared out of nowhere and starting to look for, uh, what did he look for, a national treasure, gold or something? It was, uh, yeah, it was, like, the buried... um, like the archives. Mm, yeah. Big, uh, like, I think I'm not exactly sure. He had to go look for other, like little things. He had to look for like Benjamin Franklin's glasses. He had to look for the constitution, like the map on the back of the constitution, but that'd be pretty funny. Uh, what do you remember that? Uh, it was on the history channel, like the hunt for Confederate gold show. Oh yeah. Yeah. I've seen that. <laughs> Maybe the maps in one of the statues. Yeah, little trick here. They spent it. That's that's, that's what happened. <laughs> they kind of needed a lot of money back then, I guess, right? Every, every time I hear like people, oh, we're going to go out and look for this pirate's gold or this pirate's gold. It's like, well, we're trying to figure out where he might have hidden it. I know where he hid it. He hid it in the fucking whorehouse where he <laughs> all of the fucking drinks and prostitutes. That's where they hide their gold. Yeah, it's like, did did pirates share a similar trait to squirrels where they just bury their fucking treasure, then forget where it is for later I, and then yeah, end up dying? Yeah, I, I, I don't think they operate like that. Anyway, let me kind of go over the details of the explanatory tablet here. Now, on the top center, it literally just says the Georgia Guidestones and the center cluster uh, erected May. 22nd, 1980, close to it says, let these be guidestones to an age of reason. Don't know what the hell that means. Now, I'm going to try to paint this picture as best as I can. So imagine uh, the flat tablet says the Georgia guidestones and when it was erected and let these guidestones be the age of reason, right? Now, Mm -hmm. in a square around it, There are translations written in four ancient languages, Babylonian, Classic Greek, uh, Sanskrit, Sanskrit maybe, and Ancient Egyptians, which is literally written in hieroglyphics. So why do you think they chose those particular languages, Phil? Um, geez, I don't know. The ancient alien thing among me thinks that maybe that's the time when the aliens were here. Oh, and, in ancient times? Yeah, in ancient times. And maybe the ancient aliens taught humans those languages. Also, um, those languages are all like written on stones around the world. And considering like our languages are all just written on either like paper or in like information forms, maybe they don't think that English language will survive after humans go away. That could be. Well, that kind of makes me wonder now, what if they think if humans were to go extinct or whatever, like an apocalypse scenario, and they believe aliens come back or something, or you know what I'm saying? Mm. I don't know. It's hard to say. Now, um, I I kept mentioning the astronomic features, right? So I'm going to go through what they list that the guidestones do as far as that's concerned. Now, they have number one, channel through stone indicates celestial pole. I'm not really sure what that means. I know there's little holes in the main pole around the four guidestones. So maybe they mean you can look through certain holes at certain times and see certain constellations. What do you think? Um... Because that's kind of how Stonehenge is, right? Well, the trying to think, is that... I know that the 
from like where you're looking at it from Earth, all of the stars rotate around the North Star. So maybe it's pointing up to the North Star. That could be. I I know there's like a little hole in the pole, or there's maybe multiple pole, multiple holes in the center pole that you're supposed to look through, kind of like Stonehenge. Because I know Stonehenge has holes in it, correct? Yeah, where you can see the sun coming through on yeah. certain days of the year. Yeah, so I assume that's maybe what they mean. Um, let me go to number two. Uh, it has horizontal slots that indicate uh, the annual travel of the sun. Okay, so maybe that's more what you were talking about with Stonehenge. So you can yeah, that's, tell with the, it, that's with the equinoxes and the solstices. Right. So maybe that, yeah, maybe that's how you can kind of keep track of, maybe this is the calendar aspect of it, I'd assume. Yes. Okay. Now, uh, number three, uh, sunbeam through the capstone marks noontime throughout the year. So maybe, I'm assuming that means when it, the sun beams through it at a certain point, you always know it's noon. Yeah, well, when so, the when the sun is at its highest point during, I suppose, a certain time of year, because right now in the summer, the sun is at noon, the sun is straight above us. Yeah. Uh, but in the winter, the sun is like at a much lower, like it, it travels much lower in the sky at noon. So. But wouldn't that matter for your location? Um. Well, I mean, because yes, it okay. does. But if the but if the guidestones stayed in one spot on Earth, yeah, then it would be the same every yeah every yeah, year. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah, I suppose that's a good point because um, Arizona doesn't have really long and really short days like Minnesota does, right? Like, well, we, to the extreme, I guess. No, the further north you go, the more extreme it gets. Like yeah. when we were in Iceland. Um, the nights were really long, like in the winter time, the nights would be really long. And when I was there during uh, November and December, the nights were extremely long. Like we barely had any time off of work with any sunlight. The sun might come up at like nine and go down at like three or two. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah, that's kind of what I mean. I, I remember when I was in Alaska, I think the sun didn't set till like three thirty in the morning. Yeah, that's during the summer. Yeah. yeah, so it's the opposite during the summer. So yeah. the more the closer to the equator you are, uh, the sun is like basically does the direction it is is like figure eights. And if you're like on the equator, you pretty much get the same amount because of the tilt. You get the same amount of light at noon uh, throughout the year. Dude, I would I I don't know. I feel like I'd kind of hate um, not seeing the sun go down. I feel like it'd be really hard to sleep. Maybe you get used to it. I would have a harder time during the winter with like almost no daytime, no daylight. Yeah, I so su- yeah, I suppose. I'm trying to think here. During the shortest days of the year here, not it's probably like nine o'clock to maybe four. So I guess it's not that bad. You know, that's the yeah. only daylight you get. Now the four outer stones are oriented to mark the limits of the 18.6 year lunar declination cycle. Now. I guess it did have it in my notes here. The hole in the center column is used to watch the North Star, which obviously changes over time, uh, depending on how the Earth's rotating and all of that. Every, yeah, so uh, all of the constellations rotate around the North Star, and it's the only fixed point in the sky that you see. Okay. Do you think there's alien life on the North Star? I don't exactly know. Um, is that what I'm Mary not sure. I'm not sure if they've actually pointed Kepler to the North Star to <laughs> see if there's any uh, planets surrounding it. Hey, did you see that? Like it was like a science.com article or whatever that's been going around that they believe there is 37 different alien species. Uh, I have seen that. I didn't read it because kind of interesting. Uh, and there is that. Weird thing, weird balloon thing flying over uh, Japan I saw like yesterday. No, I haven't seen that yet. I'll have to look that up. Pretty interesting. And even the Japanese government came out and said, we don't, that's not ours. We don't know what that is. (laughs) That's not ours, but we're sure going to try to fuck it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's just the the Japanese fucking mindset of the thing. (laughs) 
Anyway, let's move on to the the main stones, which are kind of uh, the whole point of this thing. Now, what I want you to do is envision the four stones on each side of them is written in 10 different languages, okay? They have English, Spanish, Swahili, Hindu, Hebrew, Arabic, traditional Chinese, and Russian, okay? So uh, I'm going to assume they think this covers everybody. What about Portuguese? What about Italian, French, Japanese, all that? Well, they did hit like a lot of the major language families. So Spanish is the most because of the Spanish expeditions and the all of their colonies. Spanish is the most popular romantic language. Mm, um true. And then English is the most popular Germanic language. Russian is obviously the most popular uh Slavic language, traditional Chinese. I'm not sure if that's Mandarin or probably Mandarin. That's the most popular like Chinese language. Um, I don't know if Japanese actually gets thrown in with Chinese. And then uh, did you say like Hindu? Hindu? Yeah, Hindu. Hindu? I didn't know that was a language. Or Hindi. Um, it says Hindi. Hindi? Oh, Hindi. Okay. Yeah. So that would be, uh, I'm guessing a lot of people in like maybe South Asia speak that. I would assume so. I don't. Maybe, maybe whoever made this. They only liked those languages. They didn't like any of the other ones. Maybe they thought that those languages would survive after uh, <laughs> the fall of civilization. I, that could be, I suppose. But anyway, let me go through the 10, I guess, kind of commandments that are written on these motherfuckers, okay? So number one, maintain humanity under 500 million in perpetual balance with nature. Okay, that's the one that has the most um, people look get, at and are like, what the fuck does that mean? Yeah, that uh, that part of it does get a lot of play. Yes. I've, I've heard that quite a bit. Yes. Now, okay. Number two, guide reproduction wisely, improving fitness and diversity. Number three, unite humanity with a living new language. Number four, rule passion, faith tradition and all things with tempered reason number five protect people and nation with fair laws and just courts number six let all nations rule internally resolving external disputes in a world court number seven avoid petty laws and useless officials number eight balance personal rights with social duties number 10 or sorry number nine Prize truth, beauty, love, seek harmony with the infinite. Number 10, be not a cancer on the earth. Leave room for nature. Leave room for nature. Okay, so, I mean, for the most part, 2 through 10, not bad, okay? Number 1, though, like you said, gets a lot of play. Kind of makes people raise their eyebrows a little bit. Yeah, they definitely... um decided to make that their lead for a reason. Yeah, you'd think you'd put that at, like, number 10. So everybody reads it and then gets to that and not just, like, hit him with that right off the bat. Yeah, it's almost like using that big headline and then no one ever reads the body of the, like, the article. <laughs> you, you would think you would want to bury that in the middle somewhere just right. so people have to read through it to right. get something juicy. <laughs> well, uh, anyway, Phil, do any of those strike you as odd outside of number one well so from what i you said this was erected in 1980 from what i know is 1980 was the start of like the reagan era and yep. a lot of uh like conservative like religious thought was like really getting pushed to the forefront during this time uh we we kind of been like religion had been on the decline since the end of world war ii and like during the 80s was really seen as a time when that shit all started getting pushed back up to the forefront. Uh, also in 2000 with Bush being elected. Yeah, uh, it kind of also made a smaller comeback, but not really to the extent that we saw in the 80s. Yes, right. Actually, it's funny you mentioned that because that's kind of where I wouldn't even say it's a conspiracy part of it yet, but it's kind of right where I'm starting off with basically who 
the hell is R.C. Christian, okay? Yeah. Now, Oh, I was also going to say about the stones. You said it was written in 10 languages? Yes. So the Rosetta Stone had three languages on it. Uh, it had Latin, Greek, and I forgot what the language is called. It starts with an X or a Z. But it was the language of the common Egyptians during the time of the Ptolemaic rulers. And that's the the reason why we can actually read Greek now is because Latin was on that stone. We also learned, like, it's not as popular known, but we learned that third language, the language of the common Egyptians, from that stone. Uh, so maybe this is, if you know one of these languages, you can decipher the rest of the ten and learn those languages to help you learn about other shit from the past. Oh, that is a very, very good point, actually. I didn't even think about that. Very interesting. That's a very valid point, Phil. But uh, yeah. Oh, I was. Yeah, I was going to say, um, I remember you said, uh, what were the four languages? Were they on the other stone? Yeah, they were on like the uh, the explanatory tablet. Yeah, I was kind of thinking of that point that I made for the 10 languages before with those old languages. But those languages are dead, so I'm not really sure. Maybe that was just put on there for style points. <laughs> I mean, it definitely could be. But anyway, uh, back to what I was saying here. Basically, who is R.C. Christian, right? Now, the belief is is that R.C. Christian is a reference for Christian Rosencruz or Christian Rose Cross in English, okay? Now, Rosencruz is a reference to the legendary leader who founded the Order of the Red, Co uh, Red Cross or the Rosicrucian Order. Now, how, what do you know about the Rosicrucians? I know very little about them. I know that there's a charity known as the Red Cross who most likely uh, isn't up to anything nefarious. <laughs> wink, wink. Possibly, though. Wink, wink. <laughs> wink. No, yeah. so I... Uh, I tried to understand what the fuck the Rosicrucian religion is or whatever. And basically they kept using the word esoteric Christian and they didn't discriminate against anybody's belief. So it's almost like you join them, you can believe whatever you want and you're just part of the religious order or something. It was so confusing. I couldn't really comprehend it, but... Just as long as you throw money in that basket, baby, you can That's believe they whatever care. you want. That's all they give a fuck about. Yeah. Uh, I keep, I always hear about like the Rosicrucians, like handing out pamphlets in like big cities like New York or LA, but I don't really know what for, but I, I've heard that before. Are they the ones who wear like the, like the, uh, the robes, like they are from like Nepal? The, uh, I couldn't even tell you. I've heard no, of them. I have no fucking idea. All I know is they always try to get people to, like, join them. Yeah. But anyway, the the interesting thing about the Rosicrucian Order or the Order of the Red Cross is that it has deep connections to the Freemasons and the Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn, which was founded by three Freemasons, okay? Mm -hmm. Now... It, from what I was reading, the Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn is essentially a lot of occultic uh, teachings and stuff like that. Now, the other interesting connection is that the Red Cross symbology has a connection to uh, Aleister Crowley, who obviously we know is has very interesting beliefs himself, right? Yep, I was just about to mention that uh, the Golden Order is also associated with him, too. Yeah, so it's like, I don't, it kind of makes you wonder initially if these people belong to some secret society or thought they knew better than everybody else because of their religious beliefs or like, do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, one of the theories, I don't know if you're going to go into this, I don't want to, I don't want to step on it, but one of the theories is that the 500 million number comes from the like intelligentia who are secretly satanic. Really? Yeah. Like these super intelligent people who are actually running the world, uh, 
maybe they're billionaires who are secretly like geniuses. They are actually trying to like get the population of the world down to 500 million from whatever it's at right now because humans are like gobbling up resources, destroying the environment. So they're trying to make basically it's going to be them on top and then 500 million people who are like the strongest, smartest who are going to be working for them and then not have like the excess, like the dreg that we have a lot of on earth right now. Well, I, according I, to them, I, I think the world's population's at 7 billion right now. Yeah. It's coming up on eight. Is it coming up on? Yeah. So they got a lot yeah. of work to do, I guess, but, uh, yeah, the, they're going to have to, they're going to have to bump up COVID super strain. Well, I was just going to say, if you believe the crazies on the internet, apparently the Clintons and Bill Gates are the ones who are leading uh, the uh, population control battle, apparently. Yeah, a lot of those people, even years after the Clintons die, they're still going to think that they're a part of it, <laughs> causing this shit. Well, it, I did have some of that in my notes, but um, a lot of people think that that message has a lot to do with the Nazi belief system of eugenics and population control. So yes. that that's kind of where they think that message is coming from. Like, obviously, we know the Nazis wanted to wipe out everybody, but who they deemed to be pure or whatever. Um, so they thought maybe that had that kind of a message to it. What do you think about that one? Yeah, that's also kind of what I was thinking hearing those uh the 10 points that were written on the stone. Whereas um there's a I mean obviously it's not as popular as it was back in the 10s and the 20s and then time of the Nazis that's after it that's when it really went down. Uh that sh- the eugenics ship really sank after fascism ended. But there are I mean think about how many Nazi scientists were carted into United States England, Russia, and then some emerging economies who could afford to steal away some of these, you know, scientists. A lot of their beliefs came with them. So you're saying maybe this could be a rogue group of ex-Nazis that came to America? Possibly. I mean, during the 80s, they would all still be alive. You know, they would. I mean, the older ones obviously probably wouldn't have made it the 40 years, but some of the younger ones who came in who were indoctrinated into that in during their youth, they would have still been in their 60s, 70s. So they would have still been influential, had money, had ties, you know, building this up from the bottom. And when you mentioned that guy, uh, when he when you were talking about who he was building it for, he does sound like he really did emphasize like true Americans. Like he was trying to make it seem like, no, 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 these are fucking Americans, you know, who yeah. want this. Americans, Americans. The only the only counterpoint I'd say to that is that outside of number one, a lot of the shit here has like um, minimalist hippie beliefs, kind of. Yeah. Well, it's kind of like whenever you uh, whenever you see like a, a store and it's always like best American sub sandwiches or best American blah, blah, blah. You know, you're going to walk in there and see a bunch of people who have immigrated into this country, you know who either own or work there. It's not to say that's anything bad, but every <laughs> no. time it's always, anytime you see like American this or American that, it's always, you know, people who maybe uh, have immigrated to this country or uh, weren't born in the United States. So yeah. they always put like an emphasis on American, American. That's kind of what I thought when you first were talking about how the guy said it's coming from real Americans. Are you relating that to how when you and I were in Britain, we saw the American store and we instantly (laughs) went there because we're idiots? 20 pounds for a box of Lucky Charms. Yeah. Just a store of diabetes. That's what you call that there. Yeah, it was all imported cereal, candy bars, soda, and just super fucking expensive. (laughs) Uh, Phil, anyway, back to the story here. Let me... Speaking of religion here, I have a couple quotes from um, religious people that kind of made me laugh about these guidestones. Okay, so there's a man named Mark Dice, right? His mm-hmm. quote is uh, that, or no, I'm sorry, he demanded that the guidestones, quote, 
be smashed into a million pieces and then the rubble used for a construction uh, project claiming that the guidestones are a of a deep satanic origin and that R.C. Christian belongs to a, quote, Luciferian secret society related to the, quote, New World Order, okay? Yep. So, uh, to be fair to this man, a lot of this in here mentions kind of one world government things, right? Yeah, so New World Order uh, kind of started a little bit in the 1980s, but really picked up steam, obviously, uh, George H.W. Bush, Vice President Ronald Reagan, when he took over, he had that very uh, famous speech where he talks about the New World Order coming into effect. Wait, that didn't uh, start on WCW? No. Well, no. So <laughs> WCW got it from basically like George H.W. Bush's speech. No, I know. I just Whenever I think of New World Order, I also think of the Oh, Hogan, dude. Yeah. Kevin Nash and Fuck Scott yeah. Hall. I mean, you wouldn't be complaining if, like, those guys were the presidents of the actual NWO, right? Oh, of the real New World Order? Yeah. Yeah, I think I think it would be just going as swimmingly if they were in charge as if whoever the fuck is running it. Free, free steroids and cocaine for everybody. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> anyway, um, another local minister believes that uh, the same things, that the stones are going to be used by, quote, Sun worshippers, cult worshippers, and Satan worshippers. I don't even know what a sun worshipper is. Probably Wiccan, the same people who uh, show up to Stonehenge. I yeah, I suppose. When I hear sun worshippers, I don't know if you've ever played Dark Souls, um, the video game, but they have uh Praise the Sun is like a meme in the game. Cause one of the yeah. guys in it keeps saying that. So that's all I can think about. Well, there is a theory that Christianity is actually just like an amalgamation of all of the other religion uh, tradition on Earth. And we're not really praising like a God and then like Jesus. It's actually Jesus is the son, like Apollo. He's an Apollo-like figure. And his 12 disciples are the 12 constellations. What's that, what's that documentary that says that? Zeitgeist? Zeitgeist, yeah. Zeitgeist, yeah. Yeah, I've heard I've heard that before. Very, very interesting. Actually, not joking. It is a pretty good documentary. Some of it's a little full of bullshit, but it's pretty interesting. <laughs> you know me with conspiracy theories, Phil. I'm the most cynical motherfucker ever. So. Yeah, me too. But it was interesting. And, you know. <laughs> All right. Let me let me go through these uh, last few here. Now, Alex Jones, we 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 all know him. Apparently, Patriot. <laughs> apparently he has a film called uh Endgame Blueprint for Global Enslavement. Okay. Now he <laughs> Alex Jones uh, apparently um suspects that the guidestones are a harbinger of self-appointed elites who intend on exterminating most of the world's population. Okay, that's according to Alex Jones. I kind of want to watch this documentary. I what do you think? I have you you do hear him talking a lot about the elites who want to exterminate uh, like large portions of the population. Um, I keep thinking back to that Alex Jones video when everyone laughed at him where he was talking about all of those rich people getting together and dressing up like owls and fucking each other. And then he actually went there and videotaped it happening. All of these wealthy people worshiping this large owl statue. Yeah, Bohemian Grove. Bohemian Grove, that's what it's called. Hell yep. yeah. We need it. We got to cover that at some point. Yeah, Alex Jones, the problem is, I can't even quite, it's like he gives you a truckload of coal, and there's always one diamond in that truckload of coal. Like, oh yeah, he gave us all of this shit that we don't want, but there's this little particle of truth in that coal you have to look for. Well, that's the one problem with Alex Jones. My, my understanding of Alex Jones is he started off really small. The Bohemian Grove thing, he actually was like actually trying to find out conspiracy stuff. Then he got money. Then yeah. he leaned in really, really hard and he just keeps doing it to get more money. Doesn't care yeah, he, about it anymore. He just wants the money. He has to keep making episodes, keep putting content out there. So, like, I can't imagine drifting. I can't imagine he actually believes that frogs 
some water turned frogs gay. I cannot actually believe he believes that. Yeah, well, I mean, there is a lot of, like, pollution of lakes and rivers, but the tagline to get you, like, to get you in the door, to get you to click on the article, is definitely frogs, or pollution is turning frogs gay. If you would have said pollution is mutating frogs, then it's like, oh, okay, whatever. Maybe you click on it, maybe you don't. But the whole gay thing, he knew that that would get his audience to really (laughs) buy in. I'm pretty sure goddamn frogs are uh, can change their gender. I'm pretty positive they can. Some of them can. I mean, we did learn in the great documentary Jurassic Park that that was true. Right. Anyway, um, now another belief is that the Georgia Guidestones are essentially kind of like Stone Stonehenge in the belief that it could be some sort of beacon or some way that humans can communicate with aliens. What do you think about that one? That's kind of interesting. They have the same beliefs about the pyramids, uh, that the pyramids are either that they either gather energy or that they can send out signals using like the Earth's energy uh, to aliens out there. So, I mean, it's possible if you the inter- if there was I mean, if 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 the Georgia Guidestones were built on kind of like a similar spot that they believe that Stonehenge was built on these ancient sacred like geo like geographical landmarks where all of this energy kind of comes to a point. If it turns out the Georgia Guidestones were put there for that reason, that'd be pretty interesting. Now, I mean, yeah, that that's uh, it would definitely be interesting. Now, this next one piques my interest a lot because the mention of the time capsule. Okay, now some people think the time capsule could actually mean some sort of like mysterious object or mysterious artifact, kind of like some people say the Holy Grail or like uh, stuff like that. Stuff like they believe uh, the Templars. Right? Didn't they bear allegedly bury holy artifacts? Um, I'm trying to think of the other the Ark of the Covenant and all that. Ark of the Covenant, yes, yeah, yes. That's what I kept trying to fucking think of. Um, like, is it possible that they actually put some cocaine chewing gum down in that hole? Could be. Like, I mean, I some guess of the it, most important medical things, you know, from be, the ancient times. It'd be kind of hard to get a hold of cocaine chewing gum in 1980 oh yeah that's true so <laughs> it was I, pos- I don't know if they if they had if they had stored it from the 20s and 10s though okay. maybe maybe they had some great medicine some of that snake oil uh, you know what i bet's down there phil a collection of the subliminal deception podcast that's what's down there yeah all our episodes <laughs> 30 years in advance and yeah. even before podcast they had invented. it pre-downloaded yeah <laughs> But, just uh, like that, just like that dude in France, he just knows it's coming. <laughs> what? Do, okay, honestly though, do you think this alleged time capsule they could have put something really interesting in there? I imagine that if this time capsule is for after the end times, I would hope that they would put some kind of like a manual for restarting the Earth. That's what I hope they would put in there. Kind of like Titan AE. Yeah, the because I mean. They they know like they put obviously they put for the time capsule they put no open on this date like day on the time capsule so maybe they're thinking that when people come by and see this maybe they'll rip open the time capsule and see like oh this is how you make a windmill this is how you make a like thing to transport water this is how you build a civilization back up this is how you farm hus- animal husbandry you know hopefully it's that kind of stuff. Actually, that that's like really, really smart. I wasn't even thinking about that. Yeah, I'd, I would hope they would put something in there like that for the people who do survive. Hmm. And it's not going to be the billionaire fucking self-absorbed geniuses who survive. They're going to last about two weeks out in the cold. <laughs> it's fucking assholes. I hope there's definitely a copy of Star Wars A New Hope. Oh, yeah. <laughs> would have been the perfect time for that. Anyway, yeah. I'll... My my final thing here, and this kind of makes sense to me, you know, Sub D, we always like to try to get to the most rational thing. Um, basically, pretty simple. The tensions between U.S. and Russia were pretty high. Um, obviously, we had Gorbachev first, Reagan, uh, 
some think that this group of people believe that nuclear war or World War Three was basically it was going to happen. It didn't matter. So they needed to get these guidestones up because if the whole fucking world's irradiated and there's only a few people left, then they could set them into motion how they wanted the world to happen, I guess, post-apocalypse or whatever. Yeah. You know the awakening. I mean? Yes. So, or maybe that this this was their way of stopping humans from ending up how they envision like a nuclear fallout or World War Three would it wouldn't happen or whatever. That's kind of like the expanded storyline behind Fallout. If you actually, there's a good YouTube video on where they add in all of the video games, like the stories behind them, and they talk about like the hundred years of wars between the new factions that rise up. Yeah. Yeah, honestly, that's the first thing that came to my mind when I, <laughs> I figured. Re- when I read that. But uh, I, it kind of does make sense. I, obviously, you and I weren't alive, but I can only imagine when you had Reagan tear down this wall and then all of that shit. Um, it probably was a very nerve-wracking time for a lot of people. Yeah, I mean, the... God, what was it? Between the 1950s and the 1990s, we were living on a knife's edge pretty much, like five minutes to midnight the entire time after the Russians, like it had been discovered that the Russians had found the secret for creating nuclear bombs. I say found, they stole it from the United States, but and the, the Nazis helped, obviously. But mm, Yeah. Well, I mean, from from kind of the TV shows and things I've watched, it seemed like a lot of people thought Reagan was a butt, button pusher, right? Like he wasn't going to bow down to the Russians. Oh, yeah. And that's what I mean, that's kind of one of his big strengths was he wasn't going to be the type of guy who took any bullshit. There was one press conference that he did where just to get like the uh, the sound guy, basically, you know how before you start uh, like a big interview or a big press conference, they would have the sound guy like play with the the dials just to make sure everything was right. One of them was how he claimed that he was outlawing communism and we were sending bombs to the Soviet Union. Well, obviously he was joking, but the Russians were afraid because it was Reagan and they knew that Reagan wouldn't be fucking around with that kind of thing. Yeah. But he was fucking around with, you know, the sound guy. That's all he was doing. But yeah, yeah. But basically what we're saying is like, maybe because of him, Mm. people were more worried that there could have been an escalation. Oh yeah, definitely a lot more than, I mean, before him we had had Kennedy... Then we had had Nixon, who I'm not really sure exactly. I think if he wanted to use nukes, he would have used them. Like, I don't think he really wanted to use nukes that bad. And then Carter is just a total. He wouldn't have. He wouldn't have dropped any bombs. He, he barely would, wanted to send helicopters. He would have just so. dropped peanuts. He might have dropped peanuts. That's yeah. <laughs> peanuts make people happy. Uh, yeah. I mean, with Nixon, there's that whole, you know, Vietnam thing. Um <laughs> His actually, when he ran for president in 68, his big thing was getting us out of Vietnam and de-escalating, not going into Cambodia or Laos or any of those countries. And then he had to take that back. Um, But then eventually he got us out of Vietnam. Yeah. But anyway, you you get the point. But uh, okay, Phil. So let's we've been going for a while here now. I need to hear. What 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 is what is your feelings about these guidestones? What the hell are the purpose of them? I really think that whoever built them believed that they would be doing a service to like the awakened the 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 generation that's coming around. They would be doing them a service to help build the earth like in a meaningful like the best way possible because right now it's almost too late. You can't the ship is too big to get it to make a like a weird like left turn, like right angle left turn. You can't get us to steer the ship that quick. But if civilization started back up, it would be really malleable and you could actually form it into a perfect society, something that they believed was a perfect society, I should say. Um, if, let's say, 80% of the world's popular human population died and it did get down to below a billion then you could really figure out like easily i mean obviously it wouldn't be one world it would be scattered into a bunch of you know 
some would be peaceful, some would be fucking highwaymen, pretty much, just like The Walking Dead. But once civilization started coming back around, then people would see these stones and think like, oh, the ancients left this for us so we don't make their mistakes, you know? Well, it- so I think it's I think it's mostly just regular people who had a vision and they also believed that the end of the world was very soon, like three minutes to midnight situation. Uh, it's kind of uh, weird that they'd assume the citizens of George are going to be the only ones left alive to look at these goddamn stones. Well, Jesus, let's fucking hope not. <laughs> uh, yeah, maybe they think peaches are the uh, key to immortality. I don't know. <laughs> Well, they put it in Georgia, because if they put it in Alabama, no one would be able to read any of the languages on the (laughs) fucking stones. If we put it in Georgia, at least there'll be people who can read there. Very very good point. Uh, Shout out Alabama fans. Hell yeah. Roll Tide. Roll Tide. Anyway. uh, I, I I should say really quick, I don't actually... Alabama, I just... I hate that their football team is so good. That's why I... If I hate your state, it's probably because of the football team. Well, I was going to say, you know what? That's why we don't like the Packers here because they always whoop everyone's ass. But uh, but anyway, uh, Phil, if someone wants to tell us how they feel about the Georgia Guidestones, where can they do that? They can send it straight to subliminaldpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, we actually have gotten quite a bit during this pandemic time. Uh, some emails from listeners, and that's great. We love to hear from everybody. Mostly we hear from our fans and our listeners on our Instagram account, Subliminal Deception Podcast on IG. Cody and I also have our own Instagram accounts, mine's stpodphil, and I have been using it more and actually posting things lately, so look me up on there. Cody, what's yours? Yeah, you can follow my personal Instagram at Cody Zabub. Um, I usually don't post too often, I just post uh, trolly crazy conspiracy people in my story which are always fun to look at but uh but yeah guys the last thing we need you to do if you could log into itunes leave the show five star review doesn't really matter what you say just type something in there if you're a spotify user hit that follow button and always be updated when the show drops a new episode Uh, otherwise guys i hope you all enjoyed the episode maybe uh do your own research on the georgia guidestones see what you think of them it's uh it's an interesting thing to say the least but otherwise we'll see you guys next week thanks guys